So this uh, coming week, uh, our eighth graders are getting confirmed uh, here at St. Pat's on Saturday, April 1st. So Bishop will come at 9 o'clock, do one group, and then we'll have, uh, we'll have some lunch, some Jimmy John's. He likes that, so get him, some, get him a sandwich. And, and then at 11.30, we'll have our second one. So it's a lot of kids. Now, here's my thought. Um, out of all those kids getting confirmed, a couple hundred, uh, how many of them do you think really understand what it is they're doing? Um, how many appreciate it? Maybe some of those eighth graders uh, don't even believe what they're doing. And they're doing it because their parents want them to. Uh, they're doing it because their friends are. They're doing it because, oh, I don't really want to, but everybody else is, so I'll do it. Now, I'm sure most of them are totally in the groove, love the Holy Spirit, can't wait to get it and are ready to live that, you know, that supercharged Christian life. But just for the sake of argument, like what, what happens to those ones who, who aren't, you know, their heart's not in it? You know, just assuming maybe there's a couple. Right? What happens to them? Do they not receive the sacrament when the bishop gives it to them? And so that's a good question. But, you know, there's a, there's a like a... A principle in you know theological uh, study uh, called ex, ex opere operatu, uh, which means uh, the doing of the thing done. It's from Saint Thomas Aquinas, and basically what it means is God does the work and we cooperate. All right. Now, our lack of cooperation doesn't undo what God does. It's still there. So in a sense, then, when we receive a sacrament and our heart's not in it, or we don't believe it, or we don't care, or we're just not ready for it, or we're forced into whatever it is, we still receive the sacrament. That's hope. Because, especially in today's age, where so many people are, are just so... Uh, all over the place with their faith. Um, and I, you know, I'm being polite about that. They're all over the place with their faith. Uh, God still does his work. Things still are there. You know, like how many, like when I baptize a baby, and, you know, how many parents, when I baptize a baby, are actually practicing their faith? The majority aren't, right? Does that work against the, the baptism of the child? No, God does the work. And, you know, we could argue that. Well, like if somebody gets married, we do a lot of marriages. If there's more marriages in this person than any in the diocese. Do you know how many of those, those couples getting married actually believe what it is they're doing? Not all of them. Do you know how many are living together? You know, living as husband and wife well before they actually come here to the altar? Most of them. You get, I get discouraged. Huh? But God does the work. God does the work. We cooperate. So when that, what does that mean? That means that it, 
it's like a seed in, the, in this dry ground that lies dormant. It's there. Like those kids getting confirmed. And so they're not ready for it. It doesn't mean that the sacrament doesn't place me, take place. It just means that, that it's like a seed waiting to be watered, waiting to, to, to receive life so they can explode and grow and be powerful. Just not yet. But it'll happen. And when will it happen? Like, when will that couple uh, who doesn't practice, who has their baby baptized, praise God they do. That's the main thing. Maybe it's, you know, when something happens in their life where they realize, I can't do this marriage justice without having some faith, and I better do something because this isn't working. Or the couple that gets married, it's like, oh, wait a minute, to, to, to love each other the way we're supposed to like this means I've got I to gotta step it up. I've got to, like, avail myself of the grace I got in the sacrament. It's lying there dormant, but it's there, and so why, don't, why am I not taking advantage of it? I could be so much... Power, more powerful in my married life and my married love. If I just did that, huh? Same with confirmation. You know, they get confirmed, and you know, and, you know, some people say confirmation. What is it? It's a, it's a, uh, it's a the eighth graders' decision to live an adult Christian life. It's a, it's their decision to to actually embrace their faith or to accept their faith. No, it's not that at all. They already got the faith. It's not their choice. They got it at baptism. There's no second choice. There's no second chance. It's there. Huh? It's, it's like, all right. I'm an adult now, so like, let's hope we're moving towards it. I have this great, you know, I'm, I'm baptized. And I, and, I, and I want the infilling of the Holy Spirit to live on my baptism at a much higher level of experience, of joy, of power. That's, that's it, huh? It's not, oh, should I be Catholic or not? No. Sorry. Over. Done. It's already there. You just have to embrace it. You know, so, you know, they're going to get confirmed. You know? It's, and this is what this reading is about. Lazarus. Did you know, brothers and sisters, did you know that in the Gospel of John there are seven signs? Now, each of the signs in the Gospel of John corresponds to a sacrament. Jesus is, is teaching us about what he is going to leave us so that we will not be orphans, that he's going to be with us in power, in strength, in all the moments of our daily life, through physical signs, because we're physical people. So Jesus comes to us that way. Seven signs. The first 13 chapters... Uh, in the book of signs is uh, first six sacraments, and the, the second thirteen chapters in the book of John uh, is 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 the the seventh sign, and that's the the book of power. And that in that book of, uh, of signs, first thirteen chapters, Jesus goes through the first six sacraments. What's the first one? It's it's the first sign is the wedding at Cana. The second one is uh, the healing of the man born blind. Uh, the third one is the healing of the paralytic. Uh, the fourth one is the healing of the centurion son from a distance. There's the multiplication of the loaves. And then there's this one, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. 
Now, wedding in Cana, marriage. Uh, healing uh, the man born blind, that's baptism. And, and you know, that's a separate homily altogether. All these, with the, like how, that, how we know that. But in the third one, in uh, the, the healing of the paralytic, uh, that's, uh, that's confession. Uh, the centurion's son, uh, that's anointing of the sick. Uh, Loaves and fishes, that's the Eucharist, obviously. Lazarus, what's that about? How's this, conf- how's this confirmation? Guy comes out of a tomb. Amen. Exactly. Yes. We're dead. We are dead people. We're all going to die. And right now, some of us are dead in our faith. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not what this is about. That's not what I came for. And he weeps at our dead faith. Come out of the tomb. Come out of your dead faith. Come out of your mediocrity and your lukewarmness and, you know, just the constant sellouts that we do to keep the peace and live uh, a happy, easy, amicable life with the world and the culture and everything. Come out. That's what he's saying. You're, you're not made for death. You're made for life. And you're dead. And he weeps. So, and there's, there's a lot. Like, why does Jesus wait? He hears that Lazarus is sick, and he says, all right, let's, let's go back, you know, let's wait. Why does he do that? Because he wants Lazarus to be dead. Why? Because he wants to do this sign. He wants to raise him from the dead. He wants to, he wants to resuscitate him. You know, if you looked at the list of sacraments I gave you, you know, water into wine, uh, bread multiplied, uh, a man's vision is restored. A man's limbs are restored. A, man's, uh, a man is healed before he dies. Uh, a man is actually raised from the dead. Do you see what's going on? From, little, from, from some like water and wine and bread and you know, eyes and limbs and life itself. Jesus is upping the ante with each sign. He's, he's getting them ready for the big one which is to come, which is the seventh one, which is the Paschal Mystery, which is the cross, which is the resurrection for the dead. And, you know, and that sign is the sacrament of the priesthood. He's, he's saying, this is important stuff. And this one, confirmation, is a big one. We're all, most of us are confirmed. How do we live it out? I'm talking about the eighth graders who, who may or may not understand what they're doing or may, may not appreciate or may not even want to do it. But it's like a seed lying dormant. And it's like, you know, sometimes I have an upset stomach, and so, you know, I take some Alka-Sensor out of the packet, you know, some of those little blue packets with those little white tablets in it, you know. And these dry, lifeless little things. And you throw them in water, what happens? Just effervescence flows up. Medicine, power. Drink it, I'm better. That's what, that's what... A sacrament is for those of us who aren't ready to receive it. It's like that. Just put some, put some life on it. Put some baptism. Put some spirit on it. And it goes. There's a, one of our parishioners, a young girl. Uh, she goes to uh, college in, uh, in the Midwest. And she was advocating for... It's a Catholic school. And she's advocating for Catholic principles 
and the Catholic University is not going for those Catholic principles and actually isn't, you know, is trying to defund the organization, the club that she's in because of what she's doing. And so I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's a Catholic school. Why are we, why are we not advocating Catholic principles? What's your problem? Now, that's a high school girl doing what she's supposed to do. Just being, being a Christian, being on fire, being a, a Catholic, loving Christ, huh? Why, why don't we all do that? If everybody did what that girl does, just live out your baptism and live out your confirmation. What is confirmation? It isn't saying, oh, yes, I accept my Catholicism. No, it is saying, I want to live my Catholicism, my baptism out at a much higher level of experience. It's like taking... Uh, our baptism and pouring gasoline on it. Not just gasoline, but high-octane, super-plus, uh, you know, whatever, and throwing a match on it. And it's not driving ran down Randall Road at 45 miles an hour. It's going, it's going 70 because you're late for Mass, you know? <laughs> not that I've ever done that. There's no speed limit in a spiritual life. And we're riding the brakes the whole way. Stop it, the Lord says. Lazarus, come out. Come out of your dead faith. Come out of the, the stench of your dead faith. Stop it. How much better our families, our marriages, our kids, our relationships, our jobs would be if we would just live out the life of the Holy Spirit that has been poured into us. Something to think about on a Sunday night. Brothers and sisters, we're made for greatness. Don't settle for anything less. Come out of the tomb. Come out and embrace life and love and power and the Holy Spirit. And watch what happens in your marriages when you finally say, Jesus, I give you permission to activate the sacrament that you have poured into my life. There is no speed limit in the spiritual life.